Uh, some of you, or some of you may not be aware, I uh, had a wedding uh, yesterday in Lake Henry. Um, Lake Henry is like northwest of the city, so it was almost a five-hour drive. Uh, so I got home at 2 a.m. So Anna's going to give a homily. No, I'm kidding. Uh, actually, only priests, deacons, and bishops can give homilies while in the book. But uh, Spider-Man. Obviously, the best Spider-Man movie is the one with Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker and Kristen Dunst as Mary Jane Watson. If you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> as you may or may not know, Peter Parker, aka Spider-Man, early in the story has a chance to stop a thief. And he blatantly chooses not to. His indifference catches up with him when later the same thief robs and kills his beloved Uncle Ben. If you know the story, uh, Peter Parker lives with his aunt and uncle and not with his parents. And so Uncle Ben would have been his father figure because of his indifference. Uncle Ben dies by the hands of the thief that, uh, that Peter Parker could have stopped. Because of his indifference, uh, he was not able to um, correct the thief in his behavior, and that eventually uh, cost him the life of his beloved Uncle Ben. And as you know the stories, uh, there is a line from his Uncle Ben that says, with great power comes great responsibility. In some ways, we have been given a great power, maybe not a great power, but a great knowledge. As Catholics, we believe that the Catholic Church has a fullness of truth, that Jesus Christ is the truth. And because of that, because of the deposit of faith, we have the fullness of truth. And with that truth comes responsibility. As Catholics, we believe that there is objective right and wrong. That it's not just for us to make up what is right or wrong or what feels right. No, there is an objective right and wrong because it's based in God himself, the creator of the universe. That there is objective right and wrong. And so with that, again, comes great responsibility. And so, we can, we can tell people like, oh, you know, that's not a good thing to do, or that's a good thing to do. I mean, we do that with our children all the time, right? We hopefully correct their bad behavior so they can learn good behavior, so they can become better people, better citizens of the world. And so we do, we correct them all the time. Try and help them know what is right and wrong. And in the first reading, God is saying that we should do that, not just with children, but with everyone. In the first reading from Ezekiel, it says, If you do not warn the wicked and dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked will die for his guilt, but God will hold you responsible for his death. So we are to correct people's bad behavior. 
Now I know some people will say, but Father, like even the Bible says that we shouldn't judge. Now this is true. We can't judge the state of someone's soul. We don't know um, their um, culpability. We don't know how much you know they were responsible. We don't know what their um, purpose in doing their bad action was. And so we can't judge the state of the soul. We don't know if they're in a state of grace or not. We can't tell them, you know, you're going to hell. Like, that's not our purview. I mean, hopefully you don't say that to your kids, right? Oh, you did something wrong. You're going to hell. Like, hopefully we don't say that, right? And so we can't judge the state of people's soul. That's internal. Only God can see that. Only God can judge that. But often our actions are public, or done in a visible way. And so we can't judge actions, just again, like we judge the actions of little kids to help them grow in holiness, to grow in right and wrong. And God, here in the first reading, says that we should do that with adults. That we should help each other grow in holiness. For it says, if you warn the wicked, trying to turn him away from his wicked way, and he refuses to change, he shall die for his guilt. But God says, you will save yourself. So if we want to grow in holiness, we should correct others. We should help them grow in holiness. But I would say, I would argue, in today's society, almost the harder thing is to receive correction. I mean, even my immediate reaction is like, who is this person to tell me what is right and wrong? How dare they? We need to have humility. Now, it may be true that um, we need to take it to prayer, we need to take a person's correction to prayer and reflect on it. Maybe we can say like, I, what I did was, was good. Um, you know, this person's correction is wrong. They didn't read the situation right. And we can say like, you know, uh, after reflecting on it, you know, in the, the receiving the Holy Spirit, we can say, you know, oh, that person incorrectly corrected me. No, I, I didn't do anything wrong. But maybe we can say, maybe we even know immediately, okay, that was, that was not good. Like, I did something wrong. Yeah, maybe we don't even need to reflect on it sometimes. And so I think that's even the harder part in today's society, where we don't want to think that what we, anything that we do is wrong, is to receive that correction from others. But I would say that like leads us into the responsible song. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Often, hopefully, the correction of others in our lives is the voice of God. And we can, we can do kind of like I said, like that we, we actually can harden our hearts. Like, how dare they correct me? Who do they think they are? Instead, we should have that humility. And not harden our hearts to be able to receive that correction. And why should we do this? Because in some ways we are each other's keeper. 
In the second reading from St. Paul to the Romans, St. Paul writes, Owe nothing to each other except to love one another. And this is how we are to fulfill the law. Again, St. Thomas defines love as willing the good of the other. And willing that someone grow in holiness, that someone grows to be a saint, that someone knows better right and wrong, is what is good for them. That is truly loving them. And again, we do that instinctively with our children. May we do that with one another. All the commandments can be summed up in this. Uh, St. Paul writes, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Hopefully you desire to be a saint yourself. Hopefully we desire that those around us become a saint as well. So if we, that is our desire, we should want them to grow in holiness, to grow in virtue, to grow in doing good things. So maybe we need to correct our neighbor to help them under, better understand what the good is. St. Paul writes, love is the fulfillment of the law. Sometimes love is tough love. Sometimes we do need to say something and to correct people to help them better understand what goodness, what is holiness. But what happens when someone does wrong us? Do we go and tell other people about it? You know, that's kind of our instinct, right? Is to gossip, oh, so-and-so, like, did something wrong to me. But in the gospel, that is not the first step that Jesus gives us. He says, if someone sins against you, go and tell him it's all between you and him alone. So talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. You don't have to gossip about it. You don't have to tell the world, you know, all oh, this person did thus and so to me. No, go and talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. And Jesus says, if he listens to you, great, you have won him over. He now better understands how to be a better person. But Jesus says, if he does not listen to you, take two or three with you, so that every fact can be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. So again, no, don't post it on Facebook or Instagram, right? Just go and talk to two or three others and talk amongst you. No, was that a group of four or five? And he listens to them again, great. But if not, Jesus says, tell the church. You know, and if he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a tax collector or a Gentile. And maybe here we could talk briefly about excommunication. Right, excommunication means that you're outside the body of Christ, outside the body of grace. And in my life, that would be like if I share something that someone said in the confessional. If I broke the seal of confession, that's automatic excommunication. In some ways, the church doesn't excommunicate people. In some ways, we excommunicate ourselves by certain actions, by committing certain sins. And so excommunication is not because, oh, you're so horrible, we want, you know, we can't let you into the church, even to the body of Christ. No, the excommunication is so that a person realizes that what they did was so bad, 
that they are no longer within the body of Christ and that they wake up and realize that what they did is wrong and repent and come back to the church. Jesus answers by, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. May we gather in Jesus' name. May we lovingly and gently correct one another, help each other grow in holiness. For we are all called to become saints. A saint is any soul in heaven. We are all called to become saints. May we have the courage, the audacity, the humility to help each other become saints.